Straight days of NHL hockey starts today. Let's get it going. How are you? It's Cody Jansen, Adam Urban Trout with you. World Hockey Report Live, Committee 12 Ounce Sports Ningo TV, Channel 761. Thanks for being with us here. Hop in the chat. Say what's up. We're always open. We got a great hour planned. Of course, brought to you by mybookie.ag. Use promo code 120Z Sports, all caps, no spaces. They'll match your first deposit up to $1,000. Mybookie.ag, 120Z Sports. We got a lot of NHL talk coming on the show today as well. In about 20 minutes, 15 minutes, robberies coming on NHL.com. Then it's Katie Caldwell, radio TV host, going to hop on. Let's talk some Canucks, Canadian division as well. Let's snap it over to Saskatchewan. The kid Adam Ermitrout with us here. Buddy, what's up? Yeah, this is this is crazy, right? I mean... The last two nights, I'm just kind of sitting there. I'm like, shit, I have nothing to do. Like, like, like there's no no Monday night football on, NFL playoffs. Like, the Raptors are a joke right now. I'm not going to tune into that. And now I'm like, this is like 116 days of watching hockey. It's going to be wild. Yeah, it is going to be wild. And it has been weird after the World Juniors. You're kind of like, ah, oh, there's nothing on. I watched the Tiger documentary, the first episode yeah, so there, I. too. Like, I mean, it's it's kind of a... I don't know. Is it, is, it, is it bad for me to call it a lame one? Like, it was all right. You kind of just like, oh, Earl seemed like right. a little bit of a hardo scumbag. You know, Tiger was good. It was nothing crazy, though. Like, it's not even close to the Jordan doc. No, and I mean, Tiger, Tiger's agent ripped it. I don't think he wanted to be a part of it either. And I mean, his uh, in that documentary, his first girlfriend was being such a hero the whole time. Like, she's like, oh, I dated Tiger. Like, he was this, this, and that. And it was like what was it 20 years ago that she dated him or that spoke to him? And I, I thought that was a little offside just to some of the places those people went and like his dad's buddy or whatever, who said that they were going in the camper and stuff. I thought some of that was a little offside, but Oh, well, I don't know anything for attention and money nowadays, but let's get to some NHL talk. Unless you were crushing anything else good on Netflix that you want to tell the people about. No. no. Okay. Okay. NHL talk. It is that, uh, Quickly, not a lot of news. I mean, a lot of guys go on waivers. Nothing crazy. 17 Dallas Stars players got COVID. That's always fun. Now, Adam, I don't want to, you know, make fun of COVID here, but does that just tell you, like, that's a team that likes to have fun? Like, you know that they weren't the ones sitting at home in the gym. Like, they were probably gassing beers, hanging out with buddies before the season started. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, realistically, I think... These guys, uh, I, I'm not speaking for anyone, but I think they know that they're pretty much on lockdown for the next couple months at least. And, you know, you got to have your team fun while you can. And right now in the States, you saw with that Alabama celebration, like there's not any crazy restrictions. And, I mean, I'm sure that they were having a couple Christmas parties and this and that, whatever. And Did you lose guess- any money on that Alabama-Ohio State game? No, I, I didn't bet on it. I, I bet I lost enough on Clemson the week before or whatever oh. covering. So, yeah, I mean, for Dallas, like, 
I guess they're the ones paying for it now that they're they're uh, gonna play what fifty six games in like a hundred and twelve days or something. Yeah, I, I I'm very. I guess I'll get your opinion on that right now. Is like so with these games being postponed, I always pose the question like, would you rather see them push back and it kind of screws the team over come playoff time when they're playing a packed schedule weeks before playoffs start, or would you rather just see them just give them the out? Hey, your team got COVID. You don't have enough players to play. You get a loss. Move on. No, I I think the packed schedule is fine just because they're not really traveling or anything. They're just kind of going to a place, playing two or three games, and then coming home. So I don't think it's like a huge issue that they're, I don't, they didn't really break protocols. They didn't have anything to owe to the NHL at that point. Yeah, but what if you get 10 games postponed to the end of the season? Now in the final 21 days of the season, you're playing 18 games. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it sucks for them. <laughs> like, like I don't, <laughs> no, I don't know. Is, isn't there a, are they doing it how I think basketball or baseball was doing it where they're leaving like a week at the end of the season for all these postponed games to kind of I think basketball they didn't even do a second half of their schedule they just did first half and then they'll figure yeah. it out as the basketball they go. they're they're patching holes all over the place right now 76ers playing with seven guys it's pathetic okay quickly though games tonight though you got uh Penns Flyers Canadians Leafs Hawks, Lightning, Canucks, Oilers, Blues, Avalanche. We'll get into it, maybe give you a better two later on. But we do want to talk, uh, you know, some preview here. So, obviously, we're in Canada. Saskatchewan, Alberta, the best places to be. Let's talk the North Division first. I don't think there's any glaring, you know, Ottawa's made some improvements. I still think that they're number seven. I don't think there's any crazy arguments to be made here. Like, Toronto and Calgary are probably the best two teams. I think that after that, it's a little bit open. But yet again, if you look at the teams who are going to be consistent, I put Montreal in that division. And then you put the Edmonton Oilers, who had the best winning percentage last year out of any Canadian team. But I also think that they didn't do a ton to get better. You know, you lose Clefbaum, right? Add in Barry and three top nine forwards. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just doing math in my head here right now like you get Barry instead I think that they're going to be better I don't know if they're going to be top spot in the north though I mean where's where's your biggest question mark I guess for the north division uh yeah I mean Ottawa is obviously seventh I but I don't think they're the pushover everybody's saying like dad knob and step in and I mean, we'll we'll see what the true Matt Murray is. He's been a little hot and cold. He he won his cups, but now I mean, it's kind of the first time he doesn't really have a security blanket in Ottawa. So we'll see with him. Um, I I do think the back the last tier is Winnipeg and Vancouver, just because Winnipeg's defense. Like I mean, everybody talks about it, but eventually they're going to be exposed. And the Patrick Line, I think, is weird. They're, they're banking on Paul Stasty to be a number two center, which I don't think he is at this point. And I just think Vancouver lost too much. Like, I really like Holtby still. Uh, I think him and Demko will be a nice tandem. But losing Tanov, they kind of replaced him with Nate Schmidt. But I don't know. I, I think Vancouver's last. But with Edmonton, I think their biggest question is, are they really going to give Koskinen the ball to to start the season? Because last year he's nine seventeen and should have started the playoffs. And sure enough, Mike Smith goes in and was just awful. So we'll see if Tippett finally kind of throws his love for Mike Smith out the door and, and rolls with Koskinen a little more. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with their goaltending situation. We will talk uh, Oilers a little bit more in depth maybe after this week. We'll get someone from the Edmonton media on to kind of break that down. We'll see how it rolls. I think Smith's time is done, and I really question Koskinen's ability. I know it's a small sample size in the bubble last year, but in playoffs, he didn't impress me. That's uh, that's as brutally honest. I've got Winnipeg as that number five bubble team kind of battling with Edmonton just for the fact that Connor Hellebuck is good. I mean, he is good. He's consistent. He's proven to be a legitimate number one goaltender. And I think that's where he's going to sit. I got Vancouver at number six. And I got Ottawa at number seven. But breaking it down, my North playoff picture, number one, Calgary, number two, or number one, Toronto, number two, Calgary, number three, Montreal, number four, Edmonton. I do think the Oilers get in. I think McDavid and Dreisaitl provide a push that no one else does. But I, I, I just like Carey Price and Jake Allen. I like Montreal's goaltending tandem, and I like their defense. Yeah, I actually have the same, a little different order. I think I go Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton, Calgary. So I, I think the same order. I mean, Calgary has two good goalies. Montreal has two good goalies. I think the Leafs are probably the best team on paper, obviously. And I do think that Jack Campbell's been good. So with the Leafs, too, it seems like there's a bit of a different vibe around them this year where they added in like a, a Wayne Simmons and a Bogosian where they weren't doing that in the past. So... We'll go with that then. I mean, for Edmonton, they got the two best players in the, the country. So, I mean, that that should be playoffs right there. So, we'll see. Uh, breakout player, I know you want to get into this. Breakout player, I got two. I mean, I think Pugliarvi really... No, you're only allowed one. Okay, I'll go Josh Levo then. Josh Levo on Calgary. Um, he was buried in Toronto. He went to Vancouver and had, like, I think almost half a point a game. And, I mean, this year he'll go to Calgary and... I think he's on the third line right now, but he could see minutes with Monaghan and Gaudreau. So breakout Josh Levo, and we have the same bus player. That's a bold one. So yeah, each division, we said we're going to do a breakout player to bus player, just someone who like takes the next step in their game and a bust of just someone who doesn't live up to expectations. My breakout player is Matthew Kachuk, and it's not for his impact on the game. It's more so his impact on the score sheet. I think he's going to start filling the net a little bit more. I think he's got another level offensively that he's going to get to because as much as people want to say, oh, these games are going to be so tough, physical, rivalry intense, I don't see it. I don't see it after you face a team 10 times in front of no fans. I don't see there being this hatred. So Matthew Kachuk's my breakout player for the North. Bus player, John Tavares. I don't think he's going to give Toronto $11 million worth of value or whatever he's getting paid. I just don't see it. He's not that beneficial to this team. He's not. Is he going to be a better leader than Joe Thornton? No. Is he going to be a better goal scorer than Austin Matthews? No chance. I don't see it. He's my bust. Let's move to the West, though. Uh, Division winner. A lot of people are picking Vegas in this one. I, I could see it in a sense, but I also think that it's Colorado's time to shine. I think that they keep building momentum, and they're going to move up. That's why I break out players in Makar as well. I think that he is... He's ready to explode. He's now in this conversation where everyone's talking about him in the, you know, with, is he better than Hughes? He's going to, he's up there with Hedman. I think he's going to take that next step and say, Hey, I'm, I'm right. Like hip by hip with Hedman. Yeah. I think, uh, for me, I said Colorado's going to win also. I just think that the solid trade helps them. They have the most mobile back end ever, which I mean, for the regular season, it should help. I, I'm still not sold on that left side for the playoffs. But, yeah, Colorado 1, Vegas 2, St. Louis 3. And it seems like St. Louis is a little forgotten at this point where they 
They lost Petrangelo, but they signed Krug. So to me, that's almost a wash, maybe a, a little less defensively. I but think their playoff performance is why they're not being talked about. Yeah. Their performance in the bubble. That's my opinion. Bennington. Yeah, I think that. Um, but also, like, they signed Mike Hoffman, and a guy like Robert Thomas is going to play with him, and I think he could really benefit. Four, I went with Minnesota just because I think this Kaprizov adds another level to this team that we haven't seen, I don't know, I don't know in how long with Minnesota, but we haven't seen that in a while. They were so stale, and this guy could change things. I mean, he could be a breakout guy. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I got I got something to say for you. Central Division, my winner, it's pretty obvious. Tampa Bay, doesn't matter who they've lost. They're still the best team, and this is easily the weakest division. My breakout player is Braden Point because he had a great playoffs, and he really made a name for himself there. But the regular season, I think he's going to take over. I mean, he's got no Kucherov now. There's no shadow for him. He is the guy, and he's going to be that guy. I, I love how he plays. He's definitely my breakout player for them. Uh, bust player... Matt Duchesne. I mean, you really just want more from Nashville, don't you? They're this team who's they're they're just slowly dying essentially, and he signed Duchesne to this big ticket, and he's done nothing. So I mean, he's my bust. He's not worth his value right now. He's not gonna do anything special. Yeah. Uh, last point on the West Division. I said for my bust, anyone on San Jose or the California or Arizona team. So those are clearly the last four. But Central Division. Yeah, I think. I think Tampa's good. I'd say Carolina might be better than them without Kucherov, but they don't really have a goalie. Uh, Florida, Dallas are there. Columbus, Nashville, Detroit, Chicago. My breakout guy, I'll go with Alex Wenberg in Florida. I think um, he kind of shit the bed in Columbus once he got that big contract, but now in, in Florida, he's probably their number two center, and I think he could return to form. Also, I think Sebastian Ajo could take another step. Bus player, I'll go with Alex DeBrinkett just because there's not really anything left on Chicago at this point. So that's that. Is he a bust, though? If, like, I mean, they're playing him with nobodies. I mean, I hope he does get to play with Kane, but still, yeah, I, but Chicago yeah. sucks. Yeah. I mean, but if somebody's going to be like, yeah, I got DeBrinkett in my fantasy draft, I'll be like, well, if he has 15 goals this year, like, it's yeah, and- a bust for him. No, he's definitely going to be a little bit of a bust there. East Division uh, Flyers, I got them winning. I think that, you know, they're going to be the best team. So I'll give Flyers the East Division there. Breakout player Kevin Hayes. He's got to take his game to the next level if the Flyers want to be serious cup contenders like I think they are. And bust player, I don't know. I think Charlie could be a healthy scratch in a month. I don't see why Washington made that move. I... Yeah, I don't know. I think Char's going to disappoint a lot of people. Yeah, uh, I don't think that they... I mean, I watched a video of Char today, and it looked like he was kind of their leader guy. Like, he was paired with Nick Jensen, I think. So, I guess he's kind of their number six, seven defenseman. So, yeah, it's not like a groundbreaking signing. But I think Philly's the best team. I think they're the deepest team. I'll go Washington 2, Rangers 3, Boston 4. Buffalo, I, I like Buffalo more than... I have in the past, but I mean, at this point, they're in the toughest division. I have Pittsburgh actually finishing six just because I'm not really sure what Jim Rutherford, Rutherford thought he was doing in the offseason, but there's that breakout player, Nolan Patrick. I mean, he was the second overall pick. He hasn't played a game in over 600 days. I, I think he could be a breakout, and I'll stick with Philly for the bust, and I'll go Jacob Voracek because it seems like him and Elaine Vigneault are getting along, and 
last I checked, he's on their third line right now. Okay, let's quickly go through some awards here before we get to Rob Reese, NHL fantasy writer, NHL.com. Let's let, let's just let's start with the Jack Adams, I guess. It's the most boring one. Uh, I don't even know if I have a pick for that. I'll just go with the coach who has the most injuries but makes the playoffs. Okay, so, that's, uh, that's a legit pass. pick. I'll go, I'll go with Laviolette on Washington. Okay, I got Jeff Ward. Uh, Vesna. Um, Vasilevsky. Right. He's going to put up stupid numbers in that division because it's. I'll go price. I'll go price for this one because he has some help now. I like that Norris. Who did I you're say? Gonna say yes. You're going to say Hayes. No, I'll say Makar. I'll go Makar. Okay, same here. I like Makar too. I think this is his breakout year. Uh, Calder. Kaprizov. That's the stupidest pick ever. I don't like. He's not even in most people's top tens for this. Oh, are you going to pick Stutzel? Yeah, 100%. I'll go with Stutzel. I mean, I think he's going to be the best rookie. Kaprizov has no one to play with on Minnesota. He's playing the most boring system. It's, it's not the KHL They'll anymore. Something. He's not going to have all this room. Okay, moving on. Uh, MVP. I'm Nick David. I think Matthews is going to outscore him this year, and I think that's that's pretty much what it's going to go off of. So as much as you love Austin Matthews, I'll pick him as our MVP. Stanley Cup champ. Washington. Off the board, Calgary. Jacob Markstrom wow. adds an extra dimension to that team. Alrighty, quickly, we got to bench someone this week, Adam. You know who are we going to bench for our friends at Quack Stats, the most advanced player tracking technology? Who are you sitting? Uh, Kyrie Irving, because he's a complete idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I can top that one. I love it. I love it. I was just going to bench. Party said he doesn't want to play. That's funny. Uh, okay, I'll stick with the NBA. I'll bench James Harden. He just walked off and said, I don't want to be in Houston. And he's, three, and he's 300 pounds. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thick with three C's, James Harden. Alrighty, let's take a quick break. When we come back, it's Rob Reese, NHL.com. Let's talk fantasy. Let's talk NHL preview. It's opening night. You're listening to World Hockey Report, 12-ounce Sports Lingo TV, channel 761. All right, joining us now. From NHL.com, fantasy guru Rob Reese. This interview is brought to you by mybookie.ag. Use promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. All caps, no spaces, and mybookie.ag will match your first deposit up to $1,000. Rob, how's it going? I'm sure it's been a a crazy couple months for you. Uh, What are your thoughts on tonight? How pumped are you? I'm so stoked. Yeah, it's been it's been a busy week, especially for fantasy. Definitely uh, getting a lot of DMs on Twitter about drafts and, you know, who to pick, um, all that. But I'm stoked for tonight, big time. I got to say, uh, really, really going to keep an eye on Leafs, Habs. I don't know about you guys, but I think the past two season openers, I'm always watching Austin Matthews after his four-goal game um, in his rookie season. So I just feel like that's going to be a good one. Except it's against Ottawa, so it doesn't count at that point. <laughs> All righty, Rob, I got I, I mean, I want to talk goalies. You know, I'm actually a part of a fantasy league here. It's the first time ever, not a big deal. Slept through the draft, so it auto-picked for me. But I got Price, Mrazek, and France. So, I mean, is that is that good? You know, is there any goalies in high demand this year? How am I looking? I think you're good. I, I mean, you've got diversity there. You've got different divisions, which I think is huge. Like, for me, I'll give you an example. Last night in my last draft, I took uh, Samsonov, Shosturkin, and Sorokin. I love all three of those goalies, <laughs> but they all play in the same division. So it's like, you know when they have those because like they're going to do home and homes or whatever. Like When I have Washington against the Rangers and Washington wins two of those, I'll get two wins, but I'll get two losses, right? So it's like, 
I think this year, I think Mrazek, to, to name one in particular, like the Canes are going to have a great shot of winning that division, especially with Kucherov out. So I see no problem with that. Even if your save percentage is a little bit lower, which statistically it is for Mrazek year after year, I still think the wins are going to override that. Whereas on a normal year with normal divisions, I think you could get burned uh, with that setting. So yeah, I think it's I think you're doing all right with that. I mean, Francois, like he's like last year, he did great when called upon, but that's not going to blow you out of the water either. I think you're fine. Rob, so if you're doing a draft today, uh, again, this debate all the time, Who rank your top five fantasy forwards and top five fantasy defensemen for me. Ooh, okay, okay. So forwards, I mean, I'd love to go off the wall here and, and give you guys a good soundbite, but there's really, like, <laughs> I mean, the, like, the first three is, like, McDavid, Drysaddle, McKinnon, no no question. I don't care so what Dry order. So Drysaddle's two, right? Well, I would, I would go Mac one. I just think the abs are so solid that, Mac, like if you want no concerns in fantasy, you're taking McKinnon one. So that's why I would go there. Who do I think will have the most points? McDavid, for sure. I think Drysaddle will be second. So there, you know, you can kind of weigh that how you will. Just in terms of week-to-week consistency, though, because I I don't do any Roto Leagues anymore. I don't know about you guys, but I'm all about head-to-head. And, uh, I mean, honestly, week-to-week, I think Mac will be the most safe with shots. So I would go Mac one, uh, McDavid two, Drysaddle three. Four, I'm going to have to tip my cap to the GOAT, which is Ovi, just in terms of if you play with hits now in the Yahoo League. I mean, hits and shots you need every single week. I think he'll score at least 35 this year. So you might even see him go goal per game for a while, to be honest. And then I would say five, I'll probably give the edge to Panarin because I like left wings. I don't know about you guys, but but this year in particular, I was drafting and I'm like, holy moly, after like the third round, left and right wing totally thinned out. And I'm like, I should have grabbed. Actually, I got lucky I got the third pick, so I took dry saddle dual eligibility but like after round three or four the wings just nosedive so that's where i would go with the forwards and then defensemen this is this is tough because we're seeing a changing of the guard at this position now with hughes and mccarr playing so well and they're going to be superstars and norris trophy finalists year after year so i think top five defensemen i'd still give the edge to headman one the absolute category beast uh, to John Carlson, I mean, quarterbacking the best power play, one of the best power plays for years and years and years. Can't go wrong there. Three, I'll go a little bit more bullish here on McCarr. Again, same argument from McKinnon. Just super solid team. Four, I'm going to go a little off the board, I guess, with Morgan Riley. I just, I'm not a Leafs homer. People think I am. I'm not. I just, I really, really like Riley now without Barry there. I think he's going to be up in that close to point per game for a little while during the season here. And then five, instead of Roman Yossi, I'm going Dougie Hamilton in a contract year. Give me that any single day. Obviously, you could put Quinn Hughes or Yossi there. Hughes, I'm not putting there yet just because he he literally covers no categories but points. Literally, he's a points-only guy. I want to see him be a little bit more physical this year for fantasy purposes. Um, but, you know, you can't knock the player. I think if you're, if you're choosing between any one of those guys at five, I mean, it's a good problem to have. Okay, I got one more. Fantasy question, Rob Reese, our guest here on NHL.com. I, I'm not a fantasy guy, but I, I, I respect it. I watch the league. Great show, by the way. I love everyone who does fantasy. They're so into it. But, like, what's what's the biggest leagues out there? Like, is there leagues where people are playing for, like, serious cash or what? Oh, like, yeah. people, like, everyone takes this, like, so serious in a sense where I, this is why I'm getting into it. Because I'm like, well, everyone else is having fun. I might as well jump aboard. But, like, what's the biggest league? Like, what are people playing for? Is anyone playing for, like, 100 Gs or what? I mean, there are high roller leagues. I am not in one of them. Like, I can't roll the dice like that. No way. 
no way. I mean, even bet like even betting on hockey, I think like even though it is quite a safe sport, I think to bet on, it's still like you guys know, I mean, in the playoffs, especially like one like the Penguins, perfect example. They scored some of the most wacky goals in the playoffs you've ever seen, like Patrick Hornquist off his button in, stuff like that. And you're like, how is this possible? Like getting outshot like 40 to 20, but still winning like three to one. You're thinking, like, what on earth is happening here? So for fantasy, like, yes, there are like a hundred G's. I'm sure people are throwing that kind of cash around, but it's a lot of like $50 buy-ins. And then if you have 12 teams, you know, obviously 12 times 50, you can win a decent amount of cash. Um I, I personally just, you know, I think it's so fun just to play with your buddies too, just for bragging rights, like not to be whatever. But if, yeah, if you really want to get into it and check it religiously, like the stock market, I mean, you got You got to pony up some cash. Rob, we just did our, our breakout players on the show here. And, and I had a couple kind of younger guys. And if there's any other ones you want to add, let, uh, let us know. But I said a guy like Robert Thomas. I said a guy like Kirill Kaprizov. And I said a guy like Nolan Patrick. Just your thoughts on mm. those guys and anyone else who's kind of like an under-the-radar breakout guy. I mean, I've heard Nolan Patrick's name talked about like maybe once or twice this entire offseason. So I like that. I mean, that's definitely that's definitely an interesting one. I, I think Philadelphia is nice and secure. They kind of remind me of Montreal where they don't have a lot of like superstars, but they have a lot of good depth pieces. And I think Patrick could really benefit from that. I mean, you can, you can mix and match on basically any wing and they'll be able to score. So I, I like that. I'm not as bullish on him. I think, you know, that draft, those other guys emerged so much more than he did, especially like Pedersen. But, you know, I don't know. I think that's a good take. I would say for sure, if you're looking for full-fledged breakout, I know the name's already popular, but Svechnikov, just his trajectory, I think, is so, so, so high with that Carolina team. If he plays with Ajo consistently, you could see him score right up there with the Rocket Richard, Austin Matthews, and Alex Ovechkin this year. So that's one to keep an eye on. Um, and then maybe to go a little bit deeper, I think Brady could chuck to it. Although the player's name is known, I think this could be a point-per-game player in the league. And I think the Montreal Canadiens are going to be sitting there scratching their heads thinking, we really took Jesperi Kokaniemi over Brady Kachuk. Are you kidding me? So I just would look at that name, too, as a guy that can carry a team. Even if the team's not that good like Ottawa, they're not. Uh, Brady Kachuk has that next-level instinct in him to carry. So I would look for him to go crazy this year. I'm trying to think of maybe a, more of an off-the-board name. Yeah, Kaprizov, like you mentioned, I mean, he this guy was scoring at will in the KHL, which is more relatively low scoring. He's going to have a nice season regardless of who's playing center for the Minnesota Wild. Everybody's talking about how they don't have a center. He doesn't need a center. He just needs the puck, and he's going to score. So I, I love that Kaprizov pick. Yeah, I just went on a 10-minute rant about why Kaprizov's Calder pick by Adam was stupid. So I'm just going to sit this one out here. <laughs> okay, Adam, wait, 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 wait. who do you have for the Calder then? Who do you I have for the Calder? Stutzla. Stutzla. I, yeah, I that's he, good. Yeah, he's, like, he's solid. As much as I want to, you know, not have to say Shosturkin or Sorokin, because, I mean, they're obviously good Russian goaltenders, I just want a young forward to get it. And I, I don't know, I, I just don't see Kaprizov. I get he scored at will in the KHL, but it's different. It's a different style of game. It's bigger ice. It's different style of defending. I don't know if that's going to translate well. Plus, Minnesota is just such a mediocre team. That, I mean, I, I think Stutz is going to at least get to play with Ottawa's best players, and he'll have that opportunity to put up points, which everyone seems to love. 
Yeah, I mean, if Stutzla plays with Dadnov, like that would be crazy. Like that would just be magic out there every shift. And Stutzla yeah. dominated World Juniors. Obviously, it's not a pure translation, but he was throwing guys into the bench. Like this, clearly an NHL physical caliber player too. And like that's my point. You have two left wings like that in Kachuk and Stutzla. I mean, that's how you build a team. You know what I mean? Like that's where you start with physical guys that can take over a game. No shot to the Canadians. I love the Canadians, but it's just kind of in hindsight, I'm thinking, what? What were you doing? Hey, we're not Canadians fans here. Adam, do you have any more fantasy questions or can we get into his division picks? No, I'll, I'll get into the division picks here. And I just want to, I want to single out a team. Where are you at on Vegas? Because everybody's hyping up, you know, they get Petrangelo, but that that also meant they lost Nate Schmidt. They lost Paul Stastny. And like, I mean, I think this league's proven that you need a number one center to win and they have nothing close to that. And I think they're a better team than Dallas in the bubble, but, and Eventually, they just couldn't score, right? Well, that's a great... I mean, you mentioned the centers, which is interesting because the mold for a while was like the Pittsburgh mold where you had three good centers, right? Starting with Sid and Malkin, obviously, that's a good starting point. But and then even their third centers, when it was Bonino, they were good. Like, you have to have those guys. And that's why Edmonton, I think, is getting a lot of flack this year for, oh my gosh, you know, goaltending. Well, they have three great centers, right? They have uh, McDavid, now Drysaddle on line two, and then line three, Kyle Turris, who everyone's like, oh, this guy's over the hill. No, he's not. He, he's a capable... If he's in a third line role with some of their wingers like Pooley Arvey, he's going to play well. He's going to do well in sheltered minutes. So I think that's the mold. So Vegas, yeah, I, I see that concern for sure on line two, but I do think Cody Glass is a name that we could probably circle back to the breakouts. Just this kid has that Whatever that it factor is, he has it. He's a difference maker. I think we'll be surprised by him. Um, but then they have the benefit of their wings being so good. Even like a guy like Alex Tuck. I mean, he could score 30 goals in this league over an 82-game season. And I think that's going to help a guy like Glass. So I agree. I'm a little concerned about that. I also like Chandler Stevenson there, who they got from the Caps. It's not going to blow you out of the water. It's not going to you know wow you. But he's a really solid guy that I think can move the puck two ways. So I'm high on Vegas. I really am. I think they'll be right up there with Colorado. They could even win the division. And I think Petro is like, Petrangelo is a guy that he, he he's so much more than what Shea Theodore is, right? And like Shea Theodore was emerging as third guy in the playoffs, which is great. They were kind of waiting for that since they're, you know, they, they had the expansion draft and got Theodore. He never really stayed on that first power play. It was always a yo-yo. One day it was on, the next day it was off. It was, it was really frustrating, especially for people in fantasy. But I think Petro has that extra gear physically too, that's going to make them so hard to play against at even strength. I'm high. I'm, I'm guessing you guys, maybe, maybe Adam less so on Vegas or. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, you got I, that I, one, right? I, I like them. And I mean, Chandler, Chandler and I used to go to the same gym. So I, I like that shout out for him, but uh, no, I, I, I like them. I just think like, I think they could get to a cup final, but I think that they just will run out of the horses up the middle and, I really like Cody Glass. I think he could be Mark Shifley, but I don't think he is yet. Three years. Three years. He might be in there. So, so Rob, are you going with Colorado in that division? I am. I mean, it's a boring pick. You know, if you're betting, you're not going to win much of anything on that. But if, if you told me who's going to win that division, it's Colorado. I mean, that team, adding Devon Taves and Brandon Saad, those are probably two of the best acquisitions that any team made the entire offseason. Devon Taves can single-handedly change your blue line. 
And you, I mean, and look how banged up they were last year and they were still dominating. So it, it can't go that worse this year. Now I have heard people say recently they're concerned about Colorado's goaltenders. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I, I don't have many questions about it. Obviously they can't have the same injury bug they had last season and probably withstand the 56 game condensed schedule. That could be really detrimental, but I think adding those depth pieces, I think they'll be fine. I don't, I don't mind him. I'm not huge on Grubauer, but I think he is, he's an adequate goaltender to win a division. I don't know about a cup at that. Who's your other uh, picks for the three, the other three divisions? So I'm going to, I'm going to take Carolina. I'm, I'm bullish on that team. I'm definitely buying that stock for sure. Even with Morazic, I'll, I'll take it. I know, I know, you know, you can tell me all day about Morazic. Trust me, I'll, I, I'll take it, but I'll take the Carolina Hurricanes only because Kucherov's out. I still love the lightning and their odds to repeat for sure. You should still be betting on that. No question about it. Um, in the East, this division is so tough. I could see here's like, here's how the East could go. Washington wins it with Peter Laviolette because everything that Peter Laviolette touches in his first season turns to gold. Okay. That, that could, wouldn't shock anybody. Also though, Samsonov could struggle and they could miss the playoffs, right? Or you could have to say the same thing about the Penguins. Oh, Crosby leads the ship again, you know, yet again, boom, they win the division or you know, they have some injuries and they miss the playoffs. And then a team like the Islanders could sneak in there and win, or the team like the Rangers could sneak there in and win. I would go in the East. I would just give the edge to Boston. I think Pasta already being back on the ice, huge, huge news for them. They said, I think Bruce Cassidy's like, we expect full practice next week for the player. I'm like, okay. All right. So I would go Boston in the East. Close second being Washington, though. I think people are sleeping on that team yet again, just like they were when they won the Cup. So watch out for that. That's probably a good uh, betting pick, too. And then North Division, Scotia North, Toronto. Are you kidding me? Toronto's winning that division. That's a juggernaut team. If they don't win that division, that's a disappointment for them. Let's call a spade a spade here. That, that roster, they don't win the division. With those goalies up there, they have they absolutely have to win the North. Rob, awesome stuff. I agree. Like, I mean, in, in the East division, I could see Pittsburgh one. I could see them six. I could like, who knows? And it's, we're looking forward to the season. I'm sure you are. Uh, we'll have to get you on mid season to hear about how right or wrong our picks are here. No doubt. No doubt, fellas. There's always surprises too, right? Every year there's surprises. I think even more so this year, uh, than over a regular 82 game season. So thanks for having me on guys. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. Thanks Rob. Right there. Rob Reese. Join us, NHL.com fantasy hockey writer. I liked a lot of his points there, Adam. And I mean, he he clearly broke it down in a sense of everything is fluid when it comes to that Tampa division. You know, they they've got it made, but you know, you can't really sleep on a team like Carolina where guys like Aho, Hamilton, they're Svechnikov, they're just getting better. So at what point do they become a serious contender? I don't know. I think we're going to find out. I still think Tampa is a clear favorite there. I think for the most part, maybe he was a little high on Vegas. But yet again, good insight, in my opinion. No, I mean, you can see why he works for the league. <laughs> I guess it's not bad when the, the the league's employing you to talk fantasy hockey. Adam, did you see my fantasy team? Do you think I'm winning or what? Honestly, I, I somebody asked you if it was a three-person league, so I think that might be... <laughs> Well, see, that means it's a, that means it's a good draft, right? Yeah. Okay. 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 Quick, quickly, let's go over our picks for tonight. Then before we uh, bring on Katie Caldwell here after the commercial break, uh, Penns Flyers, give me a score. Uh, Philly four two. Canadians Leafs. Montreal four three in overtime. Does Tampa cover the puck line against the Hawks? Yes. Are the Oilers and Canucks going to over six and a half? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Avs, Blues, can the Blues pull off an upset? No, I think Colorado wants it. Katie Caldwell, after the break, it's Cody Jansen, Adam Urban Trout with you, 12-Ounce Sports, Zingo TV, Channel 761. Opening night, what's going on? It's Cody Jansen, Adam Urban Trout here with you, World Hockey Report, coming to you live on 12-Ounce Sports. Our next guest, Katie Caldwell, brought to you by Verbero Hockey, the most innovative hockey company in the game. Andy Sutton and his team are changing the game with their sticks and other gear. Use promo code JANS, J-A-N-Z, at checkout to save yourself some money, or send us a message if you want to order fully custom jerseys today from Verbero. Already Let's welcome on Katie Caldwell, radio TV host, writer, does a little bit of everything. Heard you on 650 the other week, sounded great. I know you're doing condo renovations, so we appreciate you taking the time. How are you? How's that going? Oh, God, it depends what day you ask me, because some days I'm like, oh, they're great. I'm getting so much done. I'm learning so much. And other days it's like, don't even ask. (laughs) And anyone that's done renos probably understands that. I feel that. I feel that. Now, you know, I got to ask about the Canucks. Obviously, we had John in the playoffs. And, you know, you kind of nailed everything on the head when it came to, you know, kind of looking ahead at that Vegas series, I believe it was. But I want to ask, I mean, their young guys are clearly going to get better. But are you worried a little bit about them missing the playoffs this year and losing last year's momentum? I mean, I think they're one of the teams that maybe regressed when it comes to a paper roster versus other Canadian teams. I, You're right. You make a lot of good points with that. The thing is, is... I want to look at, because the, they had a really, really surprising run. And when we look at the, what their expectations were last season, heading into the season, and then through the regular season, they weren't expected to make the playoffs. So that was a really, really cool surprise for Canucks fans. And the big thing I was looking at was a bunch of these guys had never made the postseason before. So you're looking at Pedersen, at Hughes, and how big of a spotlight was on them and just to see how they do. And time after time, we see that these guys, there's never a spotlight that's too big for them. They continue to just exceed expectations. And then, yeah, like you said, going into the offseason, you lose your starting goaltender, you lose a winger in your top six, you lose Chris Tanev, Troy Stetcher, like all of these pieces. They knew they were going to lose a few, but maybe not anticipating all of them. But I kind of like what they've done. It's just one of those situations that, yeah, usually you look at them on paper and go, okay, you have taken a few steps back, but we keep seeing them impress us when they're in situations where we expect them not to. So it's so interesting this year because there's so much more unpredictability than we're used to in a regular season with just the Canadian division and then with with injuries, with it being such a compressed schedule. And then COVID, like you see right now, Jordy Ben. And JT Miller didn't travel to Edmonton because of close contact slash we're not quite sure with their positive test. So it's just so wide open this season and it's it's exciting, but it leaves room for teams like the Canucks to kind of just keep exceeding our expectations. How much of the Canucks season relies on guys like Nils Hoglander, Jalen Chatfield, Brogan Rafferty, and Jalevi just kind of to take that step and be impact players? That's a really, really good question because heading into training camp, we were talking about Niels Hoglander especially because he's someone that he's coming in having played meaningful minutes where because of the circumstances, most of these guys haven't. But like I brought up Tyler Toffoli, there's a lot of pressure to fill out that final winger spot on that second line. I mean, ideally, Travis Green would like to keep the lotto line together on that top line being 
Pedersen, JT Miller, and Brock Besser. And if Besser and Horvat don't have to play together on that second line, like if they can keep the lotto line together, that is good, good news for the Canucks. But it does put a pressure on someone like Niels Hoglander. Like he was someone heading into the training camp. We were talking, maybe he'll be taxi squad, maybe not. And now we're talking in the top six. Like it's, it's interesting because you're really, really rolling the dice with a guy like that because he has no NHL experience. He's super young, but he's also got a really, really high ceiling. So it is a bit of a roll of the dice, but I kind of, I like it. He showed really, really well in training camp and yeah, it's going to kind of be just seeing how many of these pieces come together. Cause yeah, you're not sure how Nate Schmidt's going to work out. Like there was quite a bit of movement in the off season and it definitely puts pressure on these younger guys, but yeah, w- there's a lot of opportunity for any of these guys like Chatfield, like you said, it's, there's a lot of uncertainty, but it definitely leads to a lot of opportunity for these young guys. Katie, I want your honesty on the Oilers here. I mean, you've watched enough of them. Are they going to be okay with McDavid and Dreisaitl pulling the horse again this year? I know that they added a few more players. Or, I mean, our fans up here are going to be you know, ready for another year of disappointment. You know what, guys? That's such a good question because there are so many differing factors in it. Like, Clefbaum out for the season, obviously that's just a monumental loss. Like, I think my answer would have been different if he was playing. When you have McDavid and when you have Dreisaitl, you're going to have heavy offense no matter what if they can stay healthy. That's no problem for them. I worry about their goaltending. Like, Oilers fans don't need to be reminded of just that brutal about six-week stretch that Mike Smith had, and then he had that just awful outing in the play-in series. It's it's no secret they wanted to be in on Jake Markstrom, and obviously that didn't work out for them. So their defense with Clefbaum missing, I'm a bit worried about. Their goaltending, I'm worried about. But when you've got such big power players on offense, it you really don't know. And that's what's really cool about this North Division is a lot of teams have similar issues where they've got a really, really heavy forwards and then their defense is a bit shaky. And this is a season, guys, where I think we're realizing the benefit of having two basically starting goaltenders, like the Canucks having Holtby and Demko, the Canadians adding Jake Allen, like their schedule being so compressed, like I said earlier, goaltending is going to be so, so big this season. So that I do worry about them, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Oilers. Yeah, how much uh, do you read into like the two goalie system? Because you said the Canucks, the Flames having Markstrom, Riddick, uh, even the Leafs kind of Anderson and Campbell, and mm-hmm. that's that's why I picked Price to win the Vesna this year because I think Jake Allen playing twenty percent of the games will help him a lot, and that's why I think Winnipeg might be in tough because if Hellebuck gets ran ran into the ground, I think they mm-hmm. they might be on the outside looking in. Well, that's it exactly is there's not a lot of room for mistakes in this. Like if you come out and if you have a bad stretch, like we talked about Mike Smith having, there's just not as much room for error this season because of the condensed schedule and just they're not playing as many games. So yeah. And just everything is just so different and the travel's kind of insane. And you basically need two really solid goaltenders, I think. And, and like we talked about, there are teams with shaky defense. So goalies are going to play an even bigger part of the season than they usually do. And yeah, it's, it's one of those situations where if you have a good starter and then your backup is serviceable, I think you can be okay. But yeah, if you have two guys that you can plunk in like a Demko and a Holtby either night, I think that spells good news for those teams for sure. Okay. This one's off the rails here, but if Demko has a bad start, (laughs) is Vancouver going to burn down their city or what? (laughs) 
I typically I would say yeah, I'm a little worried about that. But when they have Ian Clark in that building, he's someone that we've seen time and time again that he refreshes guys' careers. Like I've already seen the work that he's doing with Holtby, and it's just Ian Clark is so so unbelievable. And I know that he is just a god in the Vancouver area, but. I'm really not worried about it, guys. Like, obviously, there's a risk for anybody to come out and have a poor showing at any or a bad stretch or whatever. But the way that Demko stepped up last season, and then when you add Holby to that, I'm just so excited to see how Travis Green utilizes that tandem because he keeps guys on a really short leash. It's if you're not having a good showing, but it, it's nice to have that option to just slot in that other guy and say, okay, well, that's too bad. You're out and he's in. So you're uh, you're big in Canucks Twitter, I'm sure. Will the will the city also burn down if the Leafs play a five o'clock Eastern game there, or if they <laughs> get they get into it against the Leafs? Because I know every time the Leafs play Saturday night, it's like four o'clock Vancouver time. Yeah, I, I just love the questions about burning down the city. We'll never let go of that, will we? No. Yeah, I'm just so excited to see them play these teams again and again and again. Like, I think there are going to be so many different cool rivalries that we haven't even anticipated yet because they're basically just a bunch of mini playoff series that are just ongoing through the season. So, yeah, it's really interesting. I try and keep Canucks Twitter at bay a little bit because it's really, really overwhelming. <laughs> and yeah, that fan base is known for it. I dig the passion really hard, but it's also a rabbit hole that you can go down and it's not always fun. <laughs> okay, okay. We got to get your playoff picks here, though. I mean, in the North, at least. I mean, you know, you probably got Vancouver at number one, being such a homer you are. But uh, hey! walk me through your That's top not four. Fair. Okay, my top four. So what's really interesting about this season is I think, oh God, this pains me. I think the Leafs will be number one and it physically hurts to say that after working in the Toronto media. And I think uh, the oil or the um, senators are kind of in their own bottom tier. But two to six is so interesting because there are paths for any team to finish anywhere in that two to six. I could see Vancouver being number two. I have them slotted in at number four. So I have Toronto, Montreal, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. That's but then day by day I'm switching it. That's bold. <laughs> that is bold. Edmonton but, and Calgary out. That's the thing though, is so much of this I think is gonna have to do with luck. Who can stay healthy? Who because well, like I said earlier, it's not just injuries. It's COVID. The Canucks are already dealing with that and missing guys on their road trip to Edmonton. So Guys, one thing we know, this is going to be an unforgettable season. No matter which way it turns out, I think it'll be wild and crazy, and it'll be unforgettable, but it makes it a lot more unpredictable. Thankfully, McDavid already had COVID, so he'll get, <laughs> he'll get the MVP and, and all that. Um, it's so weird, like, being up in Canada here. Like, I feel like there's a Canadian division, and then there's just the American division that I don't One, one other really blob know. of teams. Yeah, like, like yeah. how much are you going to be paying attention to that? Because I'm, like... Sh- gonna watch every canadian division game but then i realized there's a whole other league out there in in the states it's funny because i'm guilty of forgetting about that too especially working in the vancouver market where we talk so heavily about the canucks and this for all of us canadians is basically a dream like i've never been so excited for hockey and i don't know how we're gonna go back to the old format where it's like oh we could either see battle of alberta 10 times or we could watch the flames play the ducks like what would you rather have guys come on but yeah, I'm nervous to go back from the North Division, but, oh, man, it's just going to be so wild. I'm just so, so excited. Like, when was the last time you guys were this excited for hockey? But, oh, but to answer your question, though, because of my ties to Nashville, I will watch that division a bit just because I always have them 
as a bit of a part of my heart. But yeah, I'm totally with you guys where it's like I almost forget that the other divisions exist because we're just so pumped on the Canadians. Nashville yeah, that... has a really good third goalie from from Saskatchewan here, so. <laughs> It, it is the best there. Okay, Katie, I'm going to put you on the spot here to close it out. You know, we kind of went through our uh, individual picks, but I want to know yours. I mean, who's going to win the Calder this year? <gasps> oh, I was hoping I wasn't going to have to answer that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, no. uh, hey, guys, whatever. There's a path to it. And the Canucks just love pumping out Calder finalists. So, yeah, honestly, guys, I'm not even going to answer that for you. I'm oh, Sure, I'll say Hoglander. Whatever. He's going to go on that top six. <laughs> okay, okay. And you can't pick Yossi for this, but who's the Norris? Well, of course I was going to pick him. Uh, no, honestly, I could see Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr being put into that conversation this season. That's fair. Who's the MVP? Ooh, I had a bold take on uh, Sportsnet 650 last week that Elias Pettersson would be, but that's totally just being a homer. <laughs> I, I could have guessed that. I could have guessed that. Where are you that. from? <laughs> yeah, what, what team do you cover? Okay, Stanley Cup champion, <laughs> and if it's the Vancouver Canucks, James, just just cut this one. I, I'm not saying... No, get real. <laughs> I think they're a fringe playoff team. I'm not saying they're winning the Cup. Honestly, guys, I have no freaking clue. And that's why I've never been more excited for hockey. Because typically, last year, we're kind of looking, oh, lightning or dew. And with the Caps, we were looking at them for a long time. This season, there's just going to be so much chaos that I kind of predict it'll be a team that comes out of nowhere that's on none of our radars. Kind of like the Blues did a few years back. She actually just wrote on a napkin and it's holding up Edmonton. So I think it's going to be yeah. hilarious for if you ask Katie there. Katie, thank you so much for taking the time. You're always a blast. Enjoy this season. I know it's uh, going to be a fun one that everyone will remember. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Looking forward to it uh, tonight. Thanks, Katie. Katie Caldwell right there. Radio, TV host, joining us live. World Hockey Report. Adam, I mean, as we close out the show here, just a few more minutes left. I mean, we, we really got to look into a little deeper the Oilers here. I know, I mean, there's a lot of talk about their fourth line. I know there's a lot of talk about the goaltending, but break it down. I mean, is Dreisaitl going to have this unbelievable season? Is McDavid going to put up 80 points? I, I, I want to dive into that a little bit more to close it out. Yeah, uh, I think I think the biggest thing is Kyle Turris because that third line center spot has been a black hole for I don't know how many years, but they had tried Riley Shea in there. They tried like Gaten Hoster last year, and they just didn't have anything there. And I mean, Kyle Turris isn't a number one or two center at this point, and Nashville paid him like he was kind of a number two, and it didn't work out. But he's an X factor. I think McDavid getting Nugent Hopkins for the whole year should help him. I think Drysaddle and Cahoon should mesh well together. Nobody's really talking about Cahoon either. He's like a kind of league minimum guy who everybody really liked in Buffalo and. I think he could be an X factor too. I wonder what Cahoon and you brought up a, you brought him up because that was one of mine where I think that Drysaddle, Yamamoto, and Nuge were so successful that it sucks that they almost have to break him up just because you got German and German connection right there. I wonder if they're going to have that chemistry, but also, I mean, my X factor and you brought him up because you've been ripping on the guy for years now is Pugliarvi. You know. Can Pugliarvi start to put the puck in the back of the net? I think he's a, not a comparable to Patrick Liney, but I think he's got that ability to be an elite NHL scorer if he can put it together. If the effort's there, if the mentality's there, if the confidence is there, 
yes, a pool Yarby could be the difference in the Oilers making the playoffs and not. Yeah, and I mean, they said he was smiling this year, so that's always a good sign. Yeah, he can uh, speak think, more than three English words. Yeah, I think ideally for the Oilers, they he pushes up to McDavid's wing eventually this year, and Cashian goes back down because he's not a top-line player, and Pugliarvi gives him more, and right now they're benching Chris Russell, which I think is finally the right decision. Um, but the power play is a big thing. I saw a good tweet today from Daniel Nugent Bowman. He said, Clefbaum was good on the power play because he would just let the stars do their thing, right? He'd get it up top and he'd give it to McDavid or Dreisaitl. And I think maybe that's where the power play struggles this year, where you have a guy like Tyson Berry who's a lot more creative and maybe you get to an overthinking point. I wonder how it'll affect Darnell Nurse in a sense of he's always been counted on to play these big minutes. He's always been counted on to be the number one guy where if Barry can have an unreal season, like I, I really hope he does, it might actually help nurse where he's not playing as big of a role. Maybe the spotlight's not on him as much because I mean, I know he struggles in certain areas. Also just uh, this one coming across Mike Smith, I believe starts tonight. I think I just seen someone tweet that out here a second ago. So that's an interesting one. I, man, we they talked said- about, they said Koskinen was first off, but who knows? Oh, really? Oh, okay. I swear I just seen it on my Twitters. We're getting, like, Mother Nature's just taking a dump on us right now. It's absolutely brutal outside. So, I don't, yeah. yeah I, I mean, it could be. I thought I'd just seen Smith, but Knowing I lost he'll probably go with Smith for 56 games. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Now, now Jack Michaels is saying Koskinen. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, just scratch that one out. All right, let's wrap things. You got any other thoughts? You got any hot takes for the season? Anything crazy here? Um, oh, Carter Hart, Carter Hart, Carter Hart. We got to talk oh. about this. That was, I mean, it's a fair take, but also if you're going to pick stats like that, kind of gut, kind of gutless. That's like us picking on dry sidles plus minus right there. That's like, I mean, I mean, Hart, Hart had like a, what, a 920 in the bubble? You know, overall, he still had a good year. I get it. It's tough. It's tough being a young goalie on the road. He's also, what, like 20, 21 yeah, now? 21, yeah. Yeah. He's going to win Veznas. He's going to win Cups. He's that good. I'm not sleeping on Carter Hart. I think he's just going to get better. Yeah, I agree. And I still wonder how he's a second-round pick. Like, everybody's like, he's the stud in Everett. And then, sure enough, he's like the 49th overall pick or something like that. But... I mean, Philly has a really good defenseman. I saw it today Sam Morenz moved up to forward or something because they have so many defensemen. So Philly's got to get back in in front of them. And we got to get out of here. It's World Hockey Report. Cody Jansen, Adam Urban Trout with you. It's opening night in the NHL. Everyone enjoy it. Huge thanks, Katie Caldwell, Rob Reese for hopping on for our friend Jeff Beck over at 12 Ounce Sports. Everyone enjoy it. Be kind. Be better. (laughs) 